Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we have a wonderful show planned for you. We're going to be continuing our series on back to school. And tonight we're going to be talking about dealing with social issues in school. And if you would like to have input on our tonight's program or you haven't already uh, written in or texted in, you can text 325-428-6145. That's 428-6145. You can also interact with our Facebook page at Home with Debbie Rule. We'll also be opening the phone lines tonight for your questions or thoughts that you might have or something that you'd like to share. 597-2119. That's 597-2119 or 1-800-526-9698. We're happy to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me, and I love to say... I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home at Home with Debbie Rule, your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that are helping them break the silence. Bob Moore Tires, Back on Your Feet Recovery, Brady Butane, Brady Feed and Fertilizer, Pioneer, and SS Hunting. If you or someone you know has been affected by family violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Menard, or Mason Counties or the surrounding areas, please contact the Haven Hotline at 325-597-7644. That's 597-7644. Break the silence. Make the call. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we talk about home, family, and relationships. We've got thoughts from home. Whether you're a classroom teacher, school counselor, a paraeducator, bus driver, cafeteria worker, or school secretary, everyone who works in the public school faces a new year, and they're ready for their job that they love. But they are also prepared to confront undeniable challenges. It's not up to our teachers and school staff to, that should burden this by themselves. Administrators, parents, and communities must do their part. Every situation is different, so there's no set answers about how to get involved. There are many factors to consider in knowing how to help your child. It's important for your child to learn coping and problem-solving skills. And if there's an academic problem at school, you may feel confident about when to jump in. But what if your child is having a social problem? Do you wonder how involved to get? There's no set answer to that question. Each situation is different. But here are some basic things to consider. How old is your child? Younger kids may not have the experience or the maturity to handle social problems on their own. Older kids may be embarrassed to have their parents fight their battles for them. If your child is in danger, if they're having an emotional, physical well-being is being threatened, you need to be actively involved. Does your child understand the situation? 
If he has had trouble picking up on body language or facial expressions, he may not understand a situation correctly. Have you taught your child the skills to handle this? If you're sure he knows what to do, let him do it first. It's important for your child to learn problem-solving and coping skills. The more you jump in, the less opportunity he has. The trick is to find a middle ground where he gets the guidance he needs from you while learning how to handle situations for himself. When your child is emotionally bullied, you need to get involved. If you tell your child some kids are jerks and you just should ignore them, he may continue to feel like a victim and think he can't come to you for help. But if you confront the bully or call his parents, your child may keep things from you because he thinks you're going to overreact. So brainstorm ways you can help your child defend himself against the bullying. Inform his teacher who can monitor the situation. This way your child gets practice standing up for himself and knows that you'll get involved if the bullying continues. You can't always keep your child from having his feelings hurt, so what do you do when they are? If you tell him that's just how it goes and not everyone is going to like him, he may feel unlikable and he may think that his feelings don't matter. If you call the other child's parents and demand that your child be invited to the party or the sleepover or included into the playgroup, your child may feel embarrassed. This is one way how you can help. Tell your child you know this is a difficult time for him. Then talk about how there are different types of friendships and ask him what type of friendship he has with his different friends. Are they close, into the same things, or are they just school friends? This way your child learns that there are different kinds of friends and he probably can't have the same expectations from all of them. Close friends that have things in common will spend more time together and hang out. With other friends that are just school friends, well, maybe you just only socialize at school. He also knows that you value his feelings. What do you do when your child says the teacher is picking on him? Be cautious about jumping in and assuming the teacher is at fault. Ask yourself, is the teacher really singling him out, or is your child misreading the situation? You weren't there to know. If you tell your child to just work it out with the teacher, he may think you're not on his side. If you run to confront the teacher, your child may think you'll jump to his rescue no matter what the situation, and he'll miss a chance to learn how to self-advocate. Ask your child for more information. Talk with him about how he can approach the teacher. You can always intervene later. This way, he knows you want to get to the truth and you're willing to help, but he also gets to be part of the solution. By knowing when and how to get involved, you give your child the chance to learn how to handle problems himself. You can even troubleshoot some problems by role-playing common social situations. So have fun these final days before school starts role-playing some different scenarios and help your child have the best year yet. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Debbie Rule, and on behalf of the Haven Family Shelter and myself and Texas Performing Arts Academy, I would like to thank all the sponsors for helping make our second annual Shine Like a Star Performing Arts Camp a great success. We had an overwhelming amount of support. Thank you to the McCullough County Library for hosting our camp and Tracy Pitcox for the Heart of Texas Event Center. We also want to thank Chicken Express, Burger King, Sonic, and Pizza Hut who provided lunches for the kids during the camp. Thank you to the Palace Theater who provided a movie pass for each child. We are so blessed to live in a community that strives to help our children succeed in life. Thank you to all the parents and the kids who attended for the parental support and community members who attended our grand finale talent show. 
Thank you to KNEO Radio for helping us make a difference in the lives of our young people. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we talk about home, family, and relationships. Tonight, we're continuing our series on uh, back to school, and we're going to be discussing social issues. We're going to talk about social issues with younger kids and elementary age children, pre-K through elementary. And joining me tonight on the program is Mr. Rudy Rule. Hi, Debbie. So good to see you. Tonight on the program. Well, happy to be here. <laughs> you know, um, just starting off and talking about preschoolers and kindergartners uh, and what they deal with in school, it's, um, you know, some things that you may not think are social issues. We think of big things like mm-hmm. bullying and uh, cyberbullying and these things that go on between a uh, little bit older kids and mainly teenagers and but a lot happens to younger kids, too, and you wouldn't think that they're social issues, but they are. If it, if it prevents them from being able to be successful at school and it has to do with their home or things that are outside of school as well, it can affect uh, their ability to perform well. So we want to cover some of those things and help some parents tonight to deal with some of those situations to make family life a little smoother and to help the child to be as successful as they can in school. Uh, to learn and to be able to participate without feeling like they are um, having to run and hide or, you know, whatever the situation is. You know, Debbie, that's uh, such a good topic to discuss tonight. And uh, families where there's two parents in the home can really work together and discuss the children. You know, at night when they go to bed, they can say, you know, what's what's going on with Billy? What's going on with Susie? Uh I remember one uh, couple that every time there was an issue with one of their children, the mom would say, oh, it's just a phase mm-hmm. that the child's going through. Well, there are phases that children go through, but there's also uh, social situations that make children uncomfortable. There's mm-hmm. things going on that, you know, an attentive parent, when you see something change in mm-hmm. your child's personality, there's a reason for that. Yes. And, you know, being on the same page as parents is really important, whether you're married and in the same home or whether you are raising your children separately as single parents. uh, You know, communication, if that parent is uh, actively involved in that child's life, then you need to be on the same page as how you're going to deal with certain things because the stress from from the couple 
adds to the stress of the situation that you're trying to deal with. So be on the same page. If you disagree, disagree behind, you know, uh, closed doors. Be on your child's side, but agree how you're going to deal with the situation and then go forward together. Uh, because that's going to minimize the stress on your child as well and be able to deal with the situation a little bit more effectively if you're not having to deal with the stress that comes from two people disagreeing and fighting over. Well, that's that's another aspect of it. And parenting children can be very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parents have very busy lives. They work hard. They're tired. They're frustrated with different things going on maybe in their career life or their adult living. And then the child comes along and the child has an issue or a problem. Right. And the first uh, first reaction is, well, how do we fix this and move on? And it can be very frustrating because it's not easily fixed. Right. I, the way a child feels is the way a child feels. And, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk to people about how their feelings are valid. Right. And when somebody says, I feel like this, you might say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, maybe they shouldn't, but they do. Mm -hmm. And what you have to deal with is the fact of this is how someone feels. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when we watch movies and we see a scene where there's a therapist uh, counseling someone, we laugh because the therapist says, well, how does that make you feel? Well, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's just constantly, how does that make you feel? And we laugh. But that's really a good uh, way to get someone to open up, especially a parent with a child. How do you feel about that? What do you mm-hmm. think about that? What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. What do you? What's an idea you have for making that better? You know, I see some uh, elementary level teachers that are so good at drawing that out of young kids, mm-hmm. and parents can do it too. And you know, it's just like in a marriage relationship when the wife comes to the husband with an issue and he says, well, you, this is what you need to do. And she's like, I don't want you to fix it. I want you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Children want somebody to listen to them. Yes. And uh, for the most part, it's dads that get frustrated, want to fix it and move on. I got stuff to do. Uh, slow down. Take some time. Ask them how they feel, why they mm-hmm. feel that way. You know, some professionals say to never ask why because that it sounds like it's passing judgment as if you don't agree with that feeling. I disagree with that approach. I think asking why is a very good question. Mm-hmm. Why do yes. you feel like that? Yes. Uh, you know, maybe your feelings aren't valid. Maybe Billy really does like you. Maybe you just don't know. You've mm-hmm. got to get these things out. And in a counseling session or whenever you're sitting with your children and you're trying to draw them out, the less you talk, the better. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what therapists do with children. They give them a blank piece of paper and a crayon and say, won't you draw me a picture? Mm-hmm. And just let them draw. Mm-hmm. And they may draw a flower. They may draw a monster. But it's called uh, uh, coloring therapy or, or mm-hmm. play therapy. And, you know, parents want to be good parents, and they want to raise good kids. And there's there's ways you can learn to be a better parent and draw that child out and find out how they feel and why they feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because their feelings are important. You don't want them to think that you don't, um, that you don't, 
are, that you're not sympathetic to their feelings. You don't have to agree. You can bring clarification to it, as Rudy was saying, but you don't want to allow them to feel even more crushed by thinking, you know, my parents don't even understand my feelings. They don't even care that I feel this way. Let's back up a little bit to preschoolers and kindergartners. They can't really talk much about how their feelings are. So it's great when you talked about the drawing and the things like that. You can really get a lot of information from a child by just allowing them to role play or uh, allowing them to draw or color. So uh, preschoolers and kindergartners, they're entering into school for the first time. Some have been in daycares where they're used to it. Some are coming from a home environment. Some are coming from a home daycare where they're going into school. So there's all different situations where kids are coming into school for the first time. And, you know, starting school is a big step for children. Um, you know, they want to go to the big kids' school and they want to do everything that the big kids are doing, but adjusting can be very disorienting at first. It can be very frustrating for the parent. It can be also very scary for the child. Um, you know, even children uh, that have been in daycare or preschool or have older siblings in school, they still feel a bit apprehensive. This is a new step for them. And it's a new building, a new teacher, a new set of classmates. You know, a lot of things that come with going to school for the first time, it's very unfamiliar surroundings for them. And so they may be a little unsure of themselves. This brings a little bit of um, insecurity. And so a parent needs to really be in, in touch with that. It doesn't mean that you feel, you know, if they start crying, you run and take them home. But it means that you're sympathetic to the fact that this is a little child. This isn't an adult. This is a small child that's dealing with issues that are really big to them that may not be so big to a, to an adult. So, um, you know, some of the things that your child may deal with going to school for the first time is um, they may feel more um, insecure, uh, the separation anxiety, you know, there you might have some crying and clinging to you when it's time to drop off, and you may not understand that. You may think, well, they've gone to daycare, they've gone to uh, Sunday school, they've gone all these places, they've gone to friends and family, and they don't cry, but all of a sudden, you drop them off at school, and they're crying, and they're getting clingy, and you can tell that they're really having some anxiety. So, you know, children... Uh, they they need a lot of nurturing, and they need a lot of um, building up and security. And so one of you just need to understand that if your child's doing that, they're just feeling insecure, and they need for you to let them know it's going to be okay. Well, I remember whenever we took, uh, it might have been Ashley, to daycare for the first time. She was a little older. She was three or four. Mm-hmm. And she did not want to be left. Mm-hmm. And so the daycare worker, they had a playroom with a big two-way mirror. So you could look in and watch the children playing, but they couldn't see you. She said, just go ahead and leave Ashley here and step over there. And you can watch her. And as soon as we stepped out of sight, she quit wailing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as long as she could see us, she wanted your, you know, she wanted to be in your arms. But as soon as we stepped out of sight, she went to playing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people that are professionals in these areas, teachers, uh, first grade teachers, kindergarten teachers, they've dealt with a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And most parents have only dealt with theirs. Yes. So uh, 
So that goes right along with this that says, um, you know, most of the problems with separation anxiety is with the parents at the door. That's right. <laughs> so be your be your child's teacher's friend and, you know, help them, support them. Don't linger. Don't, you know, hang around. Don't be coddling and those kinds of things. If your child's having a hard time, you do want to bring some security to them and, and be sympathetic to that and hug them. But try not to linger. Get moving on so that the teacher can get control of the whole class and can start the day. And it's very difficult when you have one child and a parent that's hanging around. So, um, you know, get with the teacher, make a plan if you're having trouble the first week dropping your child off, and see what you can do to make that an easier transition for your child to go into the room. Um, New friendships, they develop slowly. So children will develop, you know, new friendships. Even kindergartners, you know, they love to play and getting to know new kids. It's important for the parents to know who their new, you know, their child's new friends are. I think that's important. And so, uh, you know, they're going to develop new friends. They're going to have opportunities to do different things that they didn't quite get to do uh, before they started school. And so all of this takes parents um, being active in the child's life and watching what they're doing and who they're communicating with. It all starts right here. Even in pre-K and kindergarten, you might not think that you need to, but you do need to be aware of these things. So, You know, just to encourage parents, uh, sometimes it's harder on them than it is on the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids want to go, and the parents are like, I just can't stand the thought of my child being at kindergarten all day. So... Understand you're dealing with professionals that have been trained to take care of this situation. I remember I took a, I had a motorcycle and I took it into a motorcycle mechanic to work on it. He's the expert. He had a sign said uh, labor $25 an hour. If you watch $50 an hour. <laughs> if you help $100 an hour. In other words, drop off your bike and go. <laughs> Get out of here. You don't know anything about what I'm doing. I'm the professional. Let me do it. Hmm. And uh, you've got to, I mean, I understand. I sympathize with parents. It's like that commercial on TV. The first baby, you've got them wrapped in bubble wrap, and you're just very protective. The second baby, you hand it off to anybody. Here, get this. (laughs) And you just get, you have your own comfort zone and Mm -hmm. your own process of getting comfortable. Yes. And so that all works hand in hand with the child and dealing with their issues. Mm -hmm. And a lot of uh, times it just takes communication with the teacher, uh, letting them know that you're having a little bit of trouble. Maybe it starts uh, when you start putting their clothes together the night before. You start having a little bit of apprehension with some kids. Uh, I know with our son at some when he was young, it would be time for us to get the clothes ready the night before. And uh, I could already tell, you know, that there was just his personality had just changed. He was just not looking forward to going to school. And he loved school. Once he got there, he loved his friends. He loved school. He loved his teacher. But it was just the thought of, you know, and he wanted to get everything ready. But he just, it was time to get ready for school. And so, you know, that took a little time for him to get used to that. And you can communicate with your child's teacher. Maybe your child's having a little harder time getting to know friends, their personality. They're a little shyer. Let the teacher know. They provide, um, you know, seating arrangements for kids. They can put your child next to someone that would maybe help them to be able to um 
come out of their shell a little bit more instead of a real dominating child, but a child that might nurture that a little bit more. So the teacher will get to know the personality of the kids and you can communicate and let them know what issues you have and they can help you by seating children together with other children that would complement one another. Uh, this also helps if there's an issue between kids to let the teacher know so that she can separate them as well. So let the teacher know. Be be involved with your child and what's going on. Um, playing with more than one child at a time is, is still... Um, a bit tricky for kids, you know, they, they want to have one friend. And if the other friend goes off over here, you know, well, oh, this is not my friend anymore. You know, they're little, they don't understand that. So it gets kind of complicated. And, and so, uh, you know, parents have to kind of go back to if they have another sibling in the home and they have to say, okay, you know, it's just like when we had our little baby brother, baby sister, you know, I've got to learn to share, you've got to learn to get along with everybody. And, and so uh, kids just have to be taught and they have to be talked to, and they have to be trained, and they have to be listened to, and they have to be uh, loved on and encouraged. Well, it's all about socializing the child. Yes. Teaching them how to be sociable Mm -hmm. in uh, crowded uh, settings with a lot of, you know, you got one teacher, maybe a teacher's aide, and you've got 15, 20 kids all demanding attention. Mm -hmm. Or some, I mean, you've got all kinds of things going on in there. Mm -hmm. And so it's... uh, special teacher that can be kindergarten, first grade, second grade teacher and deal with all of those little personalities. And I remember times where we dropped our kids off and you would whisper to the teacher, we're having a little bit of problem this morning. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to come to school. And teacher nods their head. I know how to Mm -hmm. handle that. Mm -hmm. They'll go comfort them, talk to them, get them started in an activity Mm-hmm. And so that they can get their mind on something else rather than the anxiety of being dropped off in a place they don't want to be. Yes. And one thing I want to um, just throw out there is no matter what age your child is, um, but especially when they're little, and I just think any age, the the type of morning that you have at home mm-hmm. determines the day that they have. So the more organized you can get, the more uh, calm that the morning can be, the better, you know, get up 30 minutes earlier just to have peace in the home. Whatever it is that you need to do to get organized and to make sure that the home is um, peaceful and the drive to school is peaceful or the walk to the school bus or whatever it is that you're doing, that there is less stress in the morning when they're going because this really adds to a child's stress once they get to school. They remember everything that's happening that morning. It determines it's it's the way your day is determined too. You know, if you have a bad morning, your day just seems to keep going bad. Right. So it's the same thing with children. So if you uh, want to make sure that your child can get a good start that morning, then start it at home with a good morning at home, a good breakfast, a good morning, peaceful environment, um, and allow them their time. If they're not a morning person, you know, you need to start kind of getting them up 15, 20 minutes earlier, just so that you can nudge them a little, kind of hug them a little, you know, give them a few minutes to kind of wake up instead of running in there and saying, you know, we're late and I told you to get up, you know, the rest of the day, they're going to be running late. You are too. So that has a lot of effect on, on the kids and transitioning from summer to school year 
is a real challenge, mm-hmm. and it's not too soon to start practicing. Yes. And let your kids know what your expectations are. They don't need to find out at 8 o'clock Monday morning, the first day of school. They mm-hmm. need to know what the expectations are way ahead of time. Further mm-hmm. ahead of time, the better. Yep. Tomorrow morning would be a good morning to start yes. a Monday morning routine uh, of getting ready and getting back in the swing. You know, there's a lot of kids that are already in school, athletes and things like that. School's already started for teachers. So uh, getting back into um, the routine of school, don't wait until the first day of school. Back to kids, uh, pre-K and kindergartners. You know, social skills are something that... Um, they're going to kind of develop, but you have different personalities. You have a butterfly personality that's, you know, all over the place. And then you've got, you know, the differences between boys and girls. Boys uh, do mature a little bit slower than girls. Girls mature faster and respond better to reasoning, it seems like. Boys uh, learn more in a physical way. This is just a fact. It's not It's not to say it 100%, but just generally speaking. So take that into consideration. Um, Self-control is a challenge at this age because, you know, they're going to have to learn the structure of the the day. They're going to have to learn the structure of doing what they're told when they're told, sitting, raising their hand, things that they're probably not used to doing in a daycare or at home. And you're going to have to help them. You know, they need to learn what is appropriate behavior, and you need to back up the teacher with what's appropriate behavior. So helping your children learn that now. I've always encouraged parents that if their child's going into school, give them an opportunity to do a camp over the summer where they can learn how to adapt to a school environment if they haven't been in one before. And maturity always wins out, but, you know, the second half of kindergarten or pre-K, kids are different. They come back in January. I think that's to say for every age, but especially uh, the little guys. Because now they're kind of used to school and they're getting used to it and things are becoming a little bit more familiar with them and they become a little bit different uh, acting because they're adapting to the routine. Academically, they're doing better because there's less stress. Uh, So December break, you know, we have a lot of maturing that happens and they come back in January and the second half of the year seems to fly by quickly. So, you know, if you're having trouble at the beginning of the year, just know that it will get better. Just stick it out. Your little guys will mature. They will learn to enjoy school, but you're a big part of that. Helping them to uh, learn to enjoy school and want to go to school is a lot of your actions and the way you deal with situations that will determine whether or not they're going to have a good attitude about it. That's right. Stay tuned for the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, where we talk about home, family, and relationships. The second half, we're going to come back and talk about social skills. We're going to talk about bullying in uh, elementary age kids, what you can do, what it is, and how you can prevent it. We've got a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that are helping support the mission of the Haven. Cattlemen's, Central Texas Farm Credit, Cortez Welding and Fencing, Covia Sand, and West Central Wireless. The mission of the Haven is to reduce the incidence and the impact of domestic violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Mason, and Menard counties. By providing services and support that empower victims to rebuild their lives and regain their dignity within a safe and caring community. Call the Haven.
Do you have a wedding or a special event coming up? Esme's Cakes provides custom-designed wedding and groom's cakes as well as special occasion cakes. Their custom cakes are exquisite down to every detail, and your guest will be talking about your cake long after your event is over. Esme's Cakes only uses the finest ingredients and is always baked fresh. Esme's Cakes are made from scratch and decorated to be a reflection of you and your style. So when every detail matters, call Esme's Cakes for your wedding cake or special occasion cake. You'll get superb service, a beautiful cake that not only looks great, but tastes amazing. For your appointment, call Esme's Cakes at 512-629-6416 or visit their Facebook page at Esme's Cakes. Make your wedding or special event unforgettable with a special cake by Esme's Cakes, the unforgettable cake of your lifetime. Hi, I'm Debbie Rule, and on behalf of the Haven Family Shelter and myself and Texas Performing Arts Academy, I would like to thank all the sponsors for helping make our second annual Shine Like a Star Performing Arts Camp a great success. We had an overwhelming amount of support. Thank you to the McCullough County Library for hosting our camp and Tracy Pitcox for the Heart of Texas Event Center. We also want to thank Chicken Express, Burger King, Sonic, and Pizza Hut who provided lunches for the kids during the camp. Thank you to the Palace Theater who provided a movie pass for each child. We are so blessed to live in a community that strives to help our children succeed in life. Thank you to all the parents and the kids who attended for the parental support and community members who attended our grand finale talent show. Thank you to KNEO Radio for helping us make a difference in the lives of our young people. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we're talking about social issues in school. Uh, It's our back-to-school series that we're doing through the month of August, and tonight we're talking about social issues in younger children, pre-K, kindergarten, and elementary age, and we are going to spend the rest of our time together talking about bullying, which is a big thing in schools And I know it's difficult for teachers to deal with, for parents to deal with, most of all the kids, especially if you are the one that's being bullied. Uh, So there are ways that we can, uh, signs that you can look for in your children, things that you can do to help your child, things that you can do to make a situation worse. Uh, You know, just talking about that so that when your child starts school this year, they feel like they can come and talk to you if there's a problem because Bullying is something that continually keeps happening unless there's something that you do to put a stop to it. So we want to encourage and empower our children to be able to make good decisions and not be the one bullying and not put up with the one that's receiving the bullying. If you have some input that you'd like to put on our uh, B that you would like to share with us on the show, uh, we would love for you to call in and share that with us if it pertains to social issues at school. If you're a teacher, we would love to hear from you about what you deal with in the classroom. Share uh, maybe a little information or insight that you might have. 597-2119. It's 597-2119 or 1-800-526-9698. And we will 
put you on the air and you can share a little bit about social issues in the elementary age kids. Bullying, how do you feel about that, Mr. Rule? You talk about one of my hot button issues. I think so. Uh, you can really get me fired up when it comes to the subject of bullying. Mm-hmm. My dad, for all of his faults, he taught me to never pick on anybody smaller than me. Mm-hmm. And I always was defending those who were smaller than me. And I fought a lot in school, and I was always beating up the bigger kids. But protecting those who are weaker, mm-hmm. protecting those who are smaller, mm-hmm. uh, bullying. Uh, p- people our age have grown up with social values that we may say, well, that's just the way people are. Or we may, people our age may not recognize something that is bullying. Mm -hmm. We just may say, well, you just have to put up with that. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, uh, I don't like that attitude. And I would encourage everyone out there to just be very cognizant of bullying and call Mm -hmm. it out Mm -hmm. when you see it. Uh, Bullying occurs subtly. Mm-hmm. It can be hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times people that are bullies were bullied, mm-hmm. and they take it out on people weaker than them. It's it's a bad thing, and it, if someone is a bully, it only gets worse. Mm-hmm. And they can be taught not to act that way and not to be that way. It's a wrong way to act. And right. so education is very important, mm-hmm. but also protecting those who are being bullied. If someone comes to you and says, you know, they're picking on me, they're teasing me, they're bullying me, mm-hmm. social media, even for children in, in kindergarten and first grade, is starting. And yeah. it's just such a opportunity to bring harm and hurt. Mm-hmm. And it, it wounds deeply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Debbie, you've seen me just go ballistic when I have someone say, well, children are resilient. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, children are resilient. That That just means they're tough. And it's hard to stop them, but they scar easily. Yes. And when you think, well, I can hurt this child and they'll survive. Yeah, they may survive, but I'll tell you what, you're still hurting. Not without, not without there being effects from it. And, I mean, it could be a lifetime yes. of scarring. Yes. Let's define what bullying is. Bullying is a widespread and it is a serious problem and it can happen anywhere. Um, but bullying can be verbal which is name-calling or teasing. It can be social, uh, spreading rumors, leaving people out on purpose, breaking up friendships, you know, doing things that's just destructive uh, in your social settings. It can be physical, hitting, punching, shoving. Uh, Cyberbullying can be using the Internet or mobile phones, other digital technologies to uh, text or to post things or to, um, you know, uh, engage in conversation with people by hiding behind a uh, device when you wouldn't say it to their face, but you're saying it to them through social the computer media, right? or or on a text or through social media. So that's huge. And you know, when we were younger, there was there were bullies. There were kids that were bullied. You know, and they would you know pick fights and do things like that. But the extent of it today is it has gotten so much worse because of the society that we live in, the things that children are exposed to. Uh, children are exposed to so much more violence these days through television and video games that are exposed to so many different things that their minds 
are so much different than our minds were when we were younger. They are exposed to so many more things that cause the bullying to be more severe than it ever was before. And it doesn't mean that it should have been allowed back then. But what it means is we've got to really be aware of what's going on because one little seed of that is going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until it becomes better, you know, until you put a stop to it. And it can lead to death. I mean, there are kids that have been bullied on uh, social media that have committed suicide. There are kids that have gone out and murdered other kids because of certain things. You know, we live in a society where uh, kids need to be taught. They need to also be understood. You know, I love that, asking the question, why? Why? Because kids need to be able to share their feelings. They may not even know why. But maybe if you sit down and talk with them, you can say, why are you treating that person that way? Or why do you think they're treating you that way? We watched uh, earlier today, we watched a 30 for 30 on ESPN with a man by the name of Chris Heron. And uh, I just encourage everyone to go online and you can watch a YouTube video of him. His name is Chris Heron, Mm H-E-R-R-E-N. And he goes into high schools and talks to high school age kids and he says uh, just to make this a short story he talks about uh, people who have addiction problems Mm -hmm. and he says uh, anytime someone in authority wants to talk to you about the effects of addiction they show you the end result Mm -hmm. he said I'm here to talk to you about what that person looks like on the first day yes and he said, you're all sitting out there and some of you are doing these things because of your insecurity. And, you know, there's insecurity in our young people. And he mm-hmm. was a, a star athlete. He was dra- he was 33rd pick. I think that's right. 33rd pick in the NBA when he came out of college. He was a high school All-American in basketball. And he was deeply insecure and he started his addiction, his addictive behavior in high school. Mm-hmm. And out of the 15 kids on his high school basketball team, seven became heroin addicts. Mm. And they were a championship team. Mm-hmm. So we look at people and we think, well, they've got it all going and they're deeply insecure inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids walk out of the house and we think they've got it all together mm-hmm. and they are just terribly insecure inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some other insecure child decides to be hateful, be mean, to bully, to attack, and it's just soul-crushing for our young people. Mm -hmm. And our young people are so involved in so many activities. Years ago, we weren't that busy. Mm -hmm. Kids weren't that busy. They came home and they went to work or they did chores or they were at home with family. Mm -hmm. One thing that you need to, and we're going to bring it back now to uh, elementary age. Next week, we're going to talk more about that. But If you're interested in researching this gentleman, I encourage you to do that. We're going to talk more about the issues that Rudy was talking about next week when we talk about middle school and high school uh, issues that kids have socially. But back to elementary kids, you know, if you're noticing that your child has marks on them, bruises, uh, they're becoming withdrawn, maybe their eating habits are changing, they're not sleeping well, uh, wetting the bed, complaining of headaches, stomach aches, worrying about school, not wanting to go to school. You know, these are all signs that may not mean anything, but they might mean something. So it's in need of a little bit of investigation, especially if there are 
um, more than one of these going on. Maybe your child has broken or missing, missing possessions. You know, you're looking, you're thinking, well, where's your lunchbox? Well, I don't know. I don't know where, you know, you know, it's not uncommon for kids that bully at a young age to take things from other kids just to be mean. So, um, you know, physical, um, things that you may see on your child, broken or missing possessions, you know, becoming withdrawn and not talking, not spending more time, um, you know, with you, but more retreating to be alone. Uh, These are all things that you want to look for. And in an older child as well, but even in our younger kids, you know, they don't know how to deal with emotionally what's going on. They're not mature enough and they need a parent to help them along, teachers to help them along. So, you know, if you see any of these signs in your child, it's a good time to sit down and maybe talk with them or maybe talk with the teacher and say, you know, do you did you notice anything in school? How are they doing in school? Are they, you know, acting um, normal in school? Are they communicating with other kids? Are they socializing or are they withdrawing at school, too? Because the two will go together, you know, and you'll be able to come to a conclusion of what's going on. But, you know, um Kids can be mean. Kids can be mean with words. Kids can be mean physically. Um, But you as a parent need to just not take offense to it yourself. You need to deal with the situation. Don't overreact, but but do act. Well, and that's the... That's the question. What is the right balance? And you want to keep yes. things in balance. Yeah. Remember, if it's a school situation, to go to the teacher, to go to the principal, mm-hmm. take it up the chain of command to the superintendent, however far you need to go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, love our teachers, love our principals. Sometimes they get caught in the middle. Yes. Uh, they've got to be able to validate an accusation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Mr. Jones, I don't see the bullying. I know mm-hmm. Tommy's talking about bullying, but I just don't see it. Well, you know, Mr. Jones might get upset. Mm-hmm. You need to take my word for it. Well, mm-hmm. the teacher's in between two children and two sets of parents, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, what to do if bullying doesn't stop. If you get a report from your child that they're being bullied, involve your child. Talk to them. Mm-hmm. Go with them to the teacher mm-hmm. and and. Uh, explain the situations where it occurs. Uh, familiarize yourself with school policies. Mm-hmm. Keep a log of incidents. Yes. Well, this happened on this day. This happened on this day. Mm-hmm. This happened in the lunch line. This happened at playground. And that's really important if you're going to go talk to a teacher uh, or a principal about something that's going on. You need to have things written down, and you need to be thorough, and you need to have facts and you need to be able to go and present the information. Don't just go and say, my child's being bullied by so-and-so and I don't like it and we need to do something about it. You know, give them a pattern of behavior that's been going on and let them know what's been going on so they can understand the situation fully because, you know, teachers don't want to be attacked either and they can become defensive. I mean, they've got a lot of kids with parents that are coming at them from all different directions. So it's good to just go in, don't get angry, don't get upset, just share your um, your thoughts and share what's been going on, put your own feelings aside you know, we want to defend our child. We want to, you know, that mama bear comes out in us sure. and we want to, you know, take matters into our own hand. But the best thing to do, your child is watching you handle the situation. You're teaching your child how to right. handle 
a situation, and you need to remember that. So how you react is teaching them how they react. Well, and just remember that that other child has a mama bear, too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes parents can make a situation worse. I'm here to defend my child. My child isn't bullying your child. You're making stuff up. Well, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just pretty soon it just the wheels fall off and you Mm -hmm. get nowhere. Uh, Keep a log of incidents. Uh, And don't tell your child, you know, if if they're being hit or they're being, you know, names are being name called or whatever. Don't teach your child to do those things back. Teach your child to go and get a teacher or an adult and let them know what's going on and let the adult take care of the situation. You're not helping your child by teaching your child to encourage or to respond with bad behavior. That is not going to help the situation any better. So, you know, uh, we all want to teach our kids to stand up for themselves, but there's ways that they need to stand up for themselves and not make the problem worse. You don't, you know, you want them to uh, be strong, but you want them to be smart. Well, your goal is to make the situation better. Yes. You know, it catches children in a in a uh, situation where they can be called a tattletale or they mm-hmm. can be told, you go tell the teacher when this happens. Well, if I go tell the teacher, I'm a tattletale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we teach our kids, don't be a tattletale. Well, mm-hmm. when is the right time to tattle and when is the right time to not? Mm-hmm. So, And that's where you keep that diary exactly. and, you, and you write journal well, and you, you keep, keep that all communication of that written down. open. Yes. You know, one way to talk to a younger child about uh, something that might be going on is approach a conversation uh, with your child and do it age appropriately. Some smaller children respond better to a picture book or a little video or something that you can show them. And that gives them a little insight on how people are being treated. And then you can kind of open up that discussion. You know, tell me, you know, has this ever happened to you? Or, you know, what's going on here? And look at how those friends were treating them. Have you ever been treated that way? Or have you ever treated someone like that? You know, you can open up discussion with your kids, uh, younger ones especially. They love books, picture books. Uh, something visual that can help them to understand the situation and to be able to open that line of communication. If you just sit down with a kindergartner and you start talking about, are you being bullied at school? Is someone doing, you know, that I want to know why you're having trouble and you're not eating, you're not doing, that's way above their head. They are not going to get that. So sit down and start at square one, the foundation. Start reading, teaching, showing and allow them to talk to you in their own time. They may not write then, but they may go back and get that book later, and they may tell you, you know, what's going on. So you've got to keep it going and uh, keep the lines of communication open. Children will respond when they feel like they can, and they feel safe. Whenever they feel safe, they're going to be able to respond. And parents, the teacher is not your enemy. No. And the school system is not your enemy. No. They want things to flow smoothly for all the students. They want a success for all the students. Get to know your child's teacher. Go to the parent night. Mm-hmm. Go to the night where you meet the teacher. You know, it would be great if uh, parents were had to go to a class to learn how to be parents mm-hmm. of school, yeah. age children. Uh, you don't go in there and attack the teacher. If the teacher sends home a note, you don't. 
automatically jump to the defense of your child and say the teacher's got it in for your child. Mm -hmm. You educate yourself. Mm -hmm. You find out some more information. Listen, children will put themselves in situations that they need adult help and be a helper. You know, and um, one, one, uh, let me just go over a few of these. Why children bully? Uh, Children will bully because they feel powerless. They're feeling powerless. They have low self-esteem. They're trying to get admiration and attention from friends, maybe from parents. Mm -hmm. If they have a father that says, you know, if they say that to you, just knock them down. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, fear of being left out if they don't join in. Uh, Maybe they uh, don't understand how uh, someone else is feeling. And so they just, you know, tease, uh, taking out their angry feelings. Uh, They're being raised in a culture of aggression and bullying. If things like that are going on at home, then they're going to carry that right into life, into school, because that's how they believe uh, you act. That's a culture that they're living in, in a home environment. And being bullied themselves, same thing, could be in the home, could be from other kids uh, that they're being bullied. So, you know, there are reasons why kids do what they do. They're not just downright mean although some can be, but there's an underlying issue. And so if you have a child that's being the one that that's bullying, that's not the one being bullied, but if you have a child that's bullying, you know, find out why there's, there's an, there's a reason, there's an underlying reason why your child is acting that way. And it's more important to find out what the reason is and help your child with that. Then, you know, consequences need to come, but you need to find out why. Why is my child doing this? What is going on in my child's life? What is my child being exposed to? Or what is happening to my child that my child is acting out this way? And then deal with it appropriately at that point because it's not going to stop unless you deal with the reason. That's absolutely correct. That child is either being bullied or has been bullied Mm -hmm. somewhere. Or is there might be a bully in the home. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if you want to find out why your child's doing that, let's sit down and say, you know, what you were doing is wrong, and I want to know why you're acting that way. And maybe they don't want to tell you, but keep encouraging. Keep that communication open. Again, reading books to them and showing them picture books of how children are fighting and how children are acting and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate behavior and why we don't do that and uh, what happens if you are being treated that way what do you do educating your children and you can do that with tools that help you uh, to be able to be successful with your kids and I love books and I love uh, teaching tools like that because it just helps your job as a parent to be easier to be able to communicate with your kids and um, have a discussion with them without just talking with them they love to have a book or something that helps you kind of get that communication going. Well, you know, Debbie, children, especially the younger kids, can be taught empathy, mm-hmm. how to feel sorrow, how yes. to feel badly when someone else is hurting. Mm-hmm. And empathy is such an important component of a healthy lifestyle, Yes, uh, to be empathetic towards those who are, are suffering or are hurting. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, you know, parents can take note of that. You know, uh, as your child, have empathy mm-hmm. for those uh, people who are hurting, for animals that are hurting, for yep. pets. And if you don't see empathy, that's a different situation you need to talk 
talk to yeah. your child about. Mm-hmm. And your child may need to talk to a professional. If you're not seeing any empathy in a situation where um, children are misbehaving, then you want to be sure that you get focused on that and say, okay, hey, you know, my child's not dealing with things emotionally the right way. So let's get to the bottom of that. Well, it's been a great show. Next week, we're going to continue with our At Home with the Debbie Rule uh, back-to-school series. We'll be talking about social issues with older children, middle school and high school, so you don't want to miss that edition where we're going to be talking about those things. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you, sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on Canyon 95.3 FM and CanyonRadio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships.